This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Shall we pray this morning as I take the word? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I want to say thank you. I bow my knees on behalf of every soul under the sound of my voice this morning. Father, I pray that let your heavens be open. This is the throne room. And I pray that the spirit of the living God will permeate every life in this place. I pray that your word will be spoken as your oracle this very morning. It will be none of my word but all of your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your word have free course and let your word be glorified. We receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We declare our eyes of understanding enlightened by the power of the Holy Ghost. And at the end of the day, we will not be hearers alone. We will be doers of this word to the praise of your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Praise the Lord. I'm going to bring you a word that the Lord instructed me to bring this very morning. And it's going to be a quick word. So let's go to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I read the scripture, then I'll tell you the topic of what we are looking at this very morning. Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 13. Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 to 13. It's a parable that Jesus Christ gave. And I want you to pay attention to this. During the time of Christ, it was a style of teaching to always relate kingdom truth with parables. And what are parables? Let me just give you this background. What are parables? Parables are short stories that Jesus taught. And the intention, the, his intention in teaching people with parable is that he will use objects and things or situations that they can relate to in their time. If it was our time, if, if Jesus Christ was here now physically, he would have been using computer, he would have been telling you about Twitter, he would have been telling you about Instagram, he would have been telling you about Facebook and anything, but he will use what they can relate to and the culture that they were presently operating with. Then he will use, them, he will use it to teach them spiritual truth that are hidden, intentional, spiritual truth that are hidden. And then he will leave them to go for people who are hungry to go and search for the many. That gives them opportunity to go and be curious about what he just taught them. And most of the time, he will tell the parable, he's not going to tell them the many. And then often, after leaving the crowd, the disciple will approach him, what is the meaning of that one you just said? And then he will interpret the parables to them. What is Jesus Christ making us to know? Through, through parables and even through the word of God that we hear. You see, golds are not on the surface. The precious things of the kingdom, they must be searched for. Anytime that you intend, anytime, like I was talking about being intentional, anytime that you really want to know God, anytime you really want to search the things, the deep things of God, you must labor, you must pay some price. Anybody that is looking for things on the surface, you don't get gold on the surface. The things that are actually expensive, things that are actually rare, things that are, that are actually great, they are deep down there. It must be dug out. And I pray that God will give you unusual hunger to always dig for things in Jesus' name. So let me read a parable for you. The parable of the ten virgins. 
Watch it now in verse 1. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, take note, and five were foolish. How many were they? Good. I want us to just follow quickly. Those who were foolish took their lambs and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lambs. I'm reading from the New King James Version. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lambs. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lambs are going out. But the wise answer saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who say, and do what? Buy for yourselves. And why they went to buy? Why they went to buy? The bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, I surely, I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13, the instruction. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man, King James said, cometh, or is coming. Now watch this parable. Very, very instructive and very, very powerful. Now, if you look, look at the scripture, Matthew 25 followed after Matthew 24. And according to historians and theologians that uh, when the Bible was written originally, it was not in chapters and in verses. If you go to verse 20, if you go to chapter 24, Jesus Christ was actually talking about end time. And in verse 12 specifically, he said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Jesus Christ was talking about end time. And then after he finished talking about end time in, in, in chapter 24, he jumped to 25 and then gave them a parable to illustrate what he just said. Now watch it now. Ten virgins. Five were foolish and five were Wise. I want you to pay attention to this. Ten of them, all of them, they were all virgins. So, the virgin, the, the people that he was talking about as virgin, they are all believers. Christians. Those people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But he was making us to know that among the Christians, now he's talking about 50-50%, that among the Christians, though virginity indicates holiness purity because every one of us will be washed by the blood of the lamb you see but among the 10 50 percent are foolish and 50 percent are wise why because of what they did and he wanted to show us something kingdom truth for this end time so that we can take it and then we can be careful with our christianity because let me tell you, it is not every one of us that is coming to church. It's not every one of us that is praying. It's not every one of us that, was, that actually gave their life to Christ that we end up making heaven. That was what he, he was illustrating. All of them were virgins. All of them. 
Every one of them were virgins. So they were, they were all purified. They were all clean. They were all washed with the blood of the lamb. They were all prepared to make heaven. They were all preparing for the bridegroom. But five made it, and the other five did not make it. Now, let me go into the, my notes for the sermon, and then I'll just teach you precept upon precept. Now, watch it now. John Christ says something in Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. He said, it is given unto you and I to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He said, but unto the people that are unbelievers, it is not given. Because in this chapter, chapter in, in chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, in verse 10, after he finished the parable of the sower, from, one, from verse 1 to 9, the disciple came to him and they told him, why are you teaching people in parables? Why? Why are you talking to them in parable? They don't understand what you are saying. He said, well, the reason why I'm teaching in parable is that for you that are in the kingdom that are with me, it has been given unto you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. You know, I told you, gold, they are not on the surface. So when you say something is a mystery, that means you have to dig deep for you to unravel the mystery. If you don't dig deep, you don't unravel the mystery. That is why two believers are not the same. Two believers are not the same. The level of our revelation and grace that is working upon us, they are not the same. You can be born again mate, but you are not grace mate. Are you catching me? You can be born again. If I make an altar call and two people, they respond, they, 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 they come to the altar and they, they give their love to Christ, their speed in the kingdom will be different. Somebody will be responding to the word of God quickly while the other person is dragging his or her feet. Somebody is, is dealing, dealing here and there. He's in church to this Sunday, next Sunday, is somewhere. Somebody, somebody is praying constantly. Somebody is pressing towards God. Somebody is reading the Bible. Somebody is applying the Bible. Somebody is praying in tongues. Somebody is trusting God. Somebody is believing God. Somebody is pressing into God. Why the other person is just wishy-washy in his or her Christianity? Their level in the kingdom will not be the same. The same thing is applicable to the things of life when we register in the university in the same level. It's even likely we are not going to graduate at the same time. And then we are not going to graduate with the same grade. How many of you have seen that already? Why, is, why are things going to be different? Because of what? Whatever I put in, that is what I will get out. That is how the laws of the kingdom and of life operate. As long as the heart remains, what will happen? Seed time and harvest shall not cease. So, despite the fact that it has been given to you and I to understand the mystery of the kingdom of God, it does not fall on your lap. You have to do what? Pressing. Do you know that for you to wake up and come to church this morning, it took determination? How many of you felt like doing something else? You, I mean, something like, something just, something you know, will have just distracted you from coming. But you were determined, where am I going to be? I'm going to be in church this morning. That, that, is, that is a personal determination. Something could have just taken you elsewhere. Or you could have just been doing something now. How many of you, when you want to sit down to study, how many of you have heard that? I mean, maybe I'm not yet spiritually up there. I want to sit down to study. I want to read 10 chapters now. 10 chapters now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And then suddenly, why I finished chapter 1? Something will creep up in my head. Why not call Pastor Paul? You know he called you last week. You have not returned his call. How many of you have noticed that? And you say, in Jesus' name, no, no, I'm, I'm going to be here. And then you read the second chapter. Have you, said, have you said hi to your wife today? Text her. Text her. She's expecting your text. 
He said, no, 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 I will not do it now. He said, okay. You don't know the feed on Facebook now. Maybe something, something new has come on Facebook. Just check it a little bit. How many of you have noticed that? It's called distraction. It's satanically strategized against people from growing intentionally. Distraction is the easiest way that the enemy take you off course. Anything in life. Imagine you going on a straight road. How many of you have noticed that if you, if you are driving on the straight road and you leave your car, you say, after a while, what will happen to the car? You just see the car will just be going. So you have to do what? Intentionally steer the car. That, no, no, no. This is where we are going. The same you must do to yourself from today. You must tell yourself, this is where I am going. Tell somebody, be intentional. Be intentional. Okay, let me go on to my notes so that I can quickly just stay on course and then finish quickly. Then the ten virgins, watch this. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. Watch this, were wise. But in Proverbs chapter, 15, uh, chapter 12, verse 15, the Bible says, the way, Proverbs 12, 15, the Bible says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who eat counsel is wise. He said, people who are foolish, talking about five foolish and five wise. He said, people who are foolish, everything they do is right in their own eyes. They can't take correction. You can't advise them. Once they are doing something, they say, no, no, this is what I will do. Nobody can tell me anything. Do you know that there are people that when they are preaching from the altar, they are returning the word back to the pastor? That is your own. That, that is your own. That, this is what I will do. Did I call them fool? Did I call them fool? Who, who said they are fool? The Bible. So let's read it once more, once more again. If you can put it on the screen, it would be great. Is it on the screen? So let's read it together. One to go. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who eat cancer is what? Wise. And the greatest cancer you can receive is from the word of God. Tell somebody, I'm not a fool. I'm wise. Okay, let's go on now. The oil. Watch something that the foolish virgin came to the wise virgin. Give us some of your oil. What, what was their response? Go and do what? Go and buy for yourself. That is very powerful. Go and do what? Buy for yourself. Listen to what Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 9 verse 23. Listen to what Jesus Christ said. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. He said, then he said to them all, if anyone desire to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and do what? Follow me. Deny himself. himself. Take up his or her cross daily and do what? And follow me. The oil represents the Holy Spirit and your daily commitment to follow the Lord. That's what the oil represents. It's your daily commitment, your daily determination, your daily preparation. Now, the thing about the realm of the spirit is that the prayer of yesterday will not be will not do for today. The devotion I had that oh I did ah if you see yesterday my ah during my quiet time I spent five hours. Do you know that five hours for yesterday? When you come to another day, that's expired. So you can't say, you can't say, I have done my one week devotion. If I, when I spend five hours, I just did my one week devotion. I'm not going to pray again for one week. You watch what will happen to you. So our spiritual preparation is how often? 
daily. You must constantly. That was what Jesus Christ said. He said, if any man will come after me, let him first of all deny himself. What is deny yourself? Is that set apart your own personal ambition and programs and take up my own. He said, and then let that guy take up his cross. My responsibility. What I want for your life. Take up his cross daily and do what? Follow me. And then you can't do that without spending time with him. Your oil cannot be replenished without staying where the oil is flowing. And the oil flows where? In the presence of God. Every time you come, do you know that as you have come to the house of God today, you are replenishing your oil. You can't be the same with the person that is going to miss service today. No. The praise and worship session that you experience and you experience the atmosphere of God, it has something to do with your spirit man. It has something to do with your being. You are being recharged. You are being replenished. You are hearing the word of God. You are being recharged. You are being replenished. The person that refused to come to church today, you, are, you can't be on the same level with that person. How many of you are getting that? So every time you make up your mind, I'm going to be in Bible study. By the time you attend Bible study during the midweek and you come out from Bible study, you are not on the same level with the person that never, that never does. No, no, no. You can't be on the same level. Because something will have dropped into you that the other guy is not having. You are replenishing your Every time you intentional, take care of your Bible and say, I'm going to have a quiet time. Nobody is pushing you, nobody is driving you, but you and God alone. You sit with God, you pray, you study the word of God, you meditate, you pray in the spirit, you take time to hear the Lord, you are replenishing your oil. Now, nobody can do that for you. Nobody can read your Bible for you. He say, Pastor Lani is so anointed, he prays so much. God, as he prays, please take this prayer deposit and put it in my account. The Lord will say, I hear you. I say, There's a pastor in our church that loves to study the word of God. It's a walking Bible. Father, as he studied the word, transfer those words into my spirit. What will the Lord say? I hear you. Then he will tell you, go and buy for yourself. Tell somebody, go and buy for yourself. Go and buy for yourself. Then, this parable relates to the second coming of Christ. And pay attention to this. Jesus Christ said something very profound in Matthew 24, 36. Matthew 24, 36. He said, but of the day and the hour no one knows. Not even the angel of, he- of, of, of heaven, but my father only. You know what he's making us to know? You have to be constantly prepared. Because the coming of Christ is sudden. You, this, see, the, the, the irony of life is that you can be a bunny and shining light for God. And in a moment of weakness can be that moment that things will just turn for you. And somebody can be a terrible sinner. And then in a moment of grace, that person just turned to the Lord. You remember the thief on the cross? That guy stole all his life. And you know, he was the first person saved by the blood. He was the first. He was the one that he was the first person that encountered the blood of grace. He said, This evening you are going to do what? You're going to meet me in paradise. That was the guy that entered heaven first. And all his life was what? A chronic thief. How terrible will it be for somebody to be a chronic Christian and at a very small moment or last moment of unpreparedness, you just miss heaven? That is why the coming of the Lord, even Jesus Christ, was not allowed to know. He said, no angel knows. 
He said, only the Father. Because if Jesus Christ has been in custody of the information, because of his love for his church, what will he do? We show them revelation. But the Father wants only the prepared to be with him in heaven. So my prayer for you this very morning, that by the Spirit of the living God, you will be in constant preparation. You say, what shall it profit a man if you gain everything and at the end you miss his heaven? You say, what will it profit you? After coming to church, after singing, after we play the music, after we usher, after we do everything, we went, out, we went on evangelism, after we have given, after you have prayed and prayed and prayed, and at the end of the day, do you know something? The people who are genuine believers that are going to miss heaven, they are going to be faced with terrible situations in hell. Because Satan will go there and punish them. Because they have shown, they have shown, they have, they have done terribly to the kingdom of darkness. And then at the end of the day, they miss heaven. Somebody that you have been cursing and fighting and casting out, and then now you land in his territory. What do you think will happen to you? So that is why, tell somebody, avoid hell by all costs. Tell that person again. Avoid hell by all costs. Now, I'm rounding up now. Now, watch this now. I'm rounding up. I want to tell you about the two dimensions of wisdom. You know, you talk about the wise one and the foolish one. So, what I'm making you to realize is that holiness is not enough. Every one of us were made holy by the blood of Jesus. But holiness alone is not enough. There must be a balance of holiness and wisdom. And then I want to bring you now, as I round up, into access into the wisdom of God. The reason why he said five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Tell somebody, I'm ready. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, wisdom is the principal thing. You know, the Bible did not say holiness is the principal thing. It said, be ye holy for I am holy. But holiness is what the Lord himself can make you to be by the blood of Jesus. Because it is his own righteousness that he transfers into your account. Not my righteousness. Do we understand that? So, being holy is common to all. But wisdom is not common to all. Are you, are you catching me? So, the balance of holiness and wisdom is what every Christian must maintain in his or her life. Holiness is very important. Holiness, don't, 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 don't joke with holiness. Living a clean and a pure life is very important. Let me tell you what the Lord uh, uh, demonstrated or illustrated to me. He said, when you are living a pure life, he said, in the realm of the spirit, when the people in the, other, in the, in the kingdom of darkness, they look at you, they see you are transparent. That was why Jesus Christ said, the prince of this world came and found nothing in me. They see you as transparent. But if they are seen in your life, they will see dots. They see dots in your life. But when you are clean, that is why whenever you do something wrong and the Holy Spirit convicts you, what must you do quickly? You repent and apply the blood. He says, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to do what? To forgive us and to do what? Clean us from our unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus is constantly available to clean your life up. That is wisdom. People who are foolish, they don't take advantage of the blood constantly. Every time, see, my practice, every time I bow my knee in prayer, I apply the blood. I apply the blood upon my life, upon my conscience, upon everything, I apply the blood. Because I know it is the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sins. Praise the Lord. So the balance of wisdom, where wisdom is very, very important and access into the wisdom of God for daily living. The first 
place of wisdom is the word of God. Tell somebody the word of God. In Psalm 119 verse 130, Psalm 119 verse 130, it says, the entrance of thy word gives light. It says, it makes wise the simple, it gives understanding to the simple. Watch this. It says, the entrance of God's word. So that means, I must intentionally take in the word of God. As you sat down now, do you know that you can be here and not be here? How many of you, how many of you have you've done that? You know, you just sat down and then suddenly just saw the fridge. And then you just brought out the rice. And you say, hey, ah, I'm in church. Ah, what is this? In Jesus' name, devil, get away from me. At times it can be hunger. And then there are some that half of the service, they are not even here at all. And then you just eat them. Hey, hello. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, to be here is intentional too. You must be intentional in taking in the word of God. Because the entrance of the word of God, what does it do? It brings light into you. And I love this also in Psalm 119 verse 105. It said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So you see that the word of God, to be able to have a balanced life as talking about holiness and wisdom, the word of God is very important. So that means if I don't intentionally take in the word of God, I'm going to be walking in darkness. Because the word of God is the wisdom of God that God has given to us. So you must take it to make sure that you study the word. And this was something that is very, very important. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, Jesus Christ says something. He said, not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord, we enter into the kingdom of God. Only the people that does the will of my Father. He said, many will come to me and say, Lord, we have cast out devils in your name. We have done it. He said, I never knew you because you are what? Workers of iniquity. You know what, what, what he's saying? You are doing your own thing. What does that say? That you can be in church and actually be pastoring a church and be working for God, but you are doing your own thing. You are not functioning for God because you are not, it's not, you are not following his, direct, his, direct, his directive for what you are supposed to do. So you can serve God and still make hell. I'm telling you, you can serve God effectively, seriously. He said, I can give my body to be burnt, and yet I don't have love. He said, it's nothing. So that is why Wisdom is the principal thing. Praise the Lord. Then Matthew 7, 24 to 27, very powerful. He said, everyone that hears the word of the kingdom, I say, and you are doing it, he said, I will liken you to a wise person that is building his or her house upon what? Upon a rock. See, when the storms and every problem that can shift you, when they come, you are going to be standing. Praise the Lord. Now, that is first dimension of wisdom. The second dimension, so the first dimension of wisdom is what? The word of God. Now, the second dimension of, the, of wisdom is the voice of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are who? The sons of God. Now, you must be intentional to hear God. God speaks to every of his children. But to hear God is intentional. You see, anyone that wants to hear God is because they have decided to listen to God and also obey him. People who don't have intention of obeying God, they don't want to hear the voice of God. 
Are you have you an understanding? So hear it, see, you don't need to learn to hear the word of God, to hear the voice of God. The moment you are born again, your spiritual ear, they are already open. It is given to every child of God. You see, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. So you can decide that I'm not going to be led. I'm going to be led by my senses. So when you are being led by the Spirit of God, you are wise. So the voice of God is the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. Psalm 32 verse 8. Psalm 32 verse 8. The Bible says, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my own eyes. That is the promise of God to you and I. God wants to daily load me with his wisdom so that I don't make mistakes in life. God wants me to live a perfect straight life if I listen to God. Do you know that when we listen to God, we avoid pitfalls in life. Things that could have caused you setback. When you can only hear God and God say, my son, don't go. My son, don't invest there. My son, don't do that. We just avoid the trouble. But most of the time, our senses will tell us, don't you know the return? They said 60% on investment. Ah, are you a fool? Put your money there. And the Spirit of God say, my son, no. My son, no. As men that are led by the Spirit of God, who are they? They are children of God. Now, as a roundup, when we were praying, I said we should pray for Pastor Lani. The sum total of wisdom is the spirit of wisdom. That is what we are going to end up praying. That every one of us, God will baptize you afresh with the spirit of wisdom. You see, when you are filled with the spirit of wisdom, just, the Bible says something about Jesus Christ. It says people were saying, what wisdom is this? That such mighty works are done by his hand. Christ was operating in the summit of wisdom. The Bible said he, can, he, he did not commit himself to any man because he knew what was a man. He said nobody need to, nobody need to tell him about anybody. He said he doesn't commit himself to any man. He was operating in the top wisdom of God. And that was why the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they could not get him. They trapped him. They tried to entrap him. But each time, the wisdom of God would beat them. Remember when they brought the woman with the, when they brought the woman that was caught in adultery? They wanted to set him up. And the wisdom of God said what? Any of you that is without sin, let him do what? Cast the first stone. Do you know that there are times that they can set you up in your office? And the only thing that can deliver you is what? The wisdom of God. Rise upon your feet this morning. How many, of you are, how many of us have been blessed? You are going to ask the Lord, I don't want to be a foolish Christian. I want to be a wise Christian for the rest of my life. So just lift up your two hands and say, Father, the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him do what? Ask from the Lord. So ask the Lord, that, Father, the wisdom for end time living, please grant unto me this morning. Lift up that hands and talk to the Lord. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Thank you.